You're listening to The Unprofessional Entrepreneur, the podcast where small business owners learn to build their business unprofessionally. It's high time to stop stressing about having perfect content and a conventional way to market your business. I want you to embrace your unprofessional side and learn to succeed on your own terms. I'm your host, Feli, a feel-good marketing mentor and the owner of a content repurposing agency, FDVA. Tune in each Thursday when new episodes air and let's build your business unprofessionally. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Unprofessional Entrepreneur. I am so excited today for today's guest because we are going in a little bit of a different direction than my usual guest, I feel. Um, She came recommended to me by someone you've all heard, I'm guessing already, because her episode's already aired, and that was Aria Lighty. I'm introducing you to Jennifer, who runs Jennifer of Jennifer Magazine. And I want to read this little quote on her website because I loved it. And I think all of us can relate to this. And it's something that makes me laugh because I'm constantly like putting forward really strange names to the Frenchman being like, what do you think of this name? And he's like, no. And I'm like, I don't want a name that every kid has. I want a name that's different because like I have that. But I also want a name that's pronounceable because that's a huge problem. But So on the website, it says that Jennifer, a name given to girls born in the 70s and 80s that was so popular, it defined a generation. Were your sister, your best friend, the girl you knew and that woman you love. And I just think that speaks to everyone because like you say, everybody knows a Jennifer. <laughs> everybody grew up with the Jennifer. Like, yes. <laughs> we have, there's Jennifer celebrities, Jennifer yep. writers, Jennifer this, Jennifer like, you know, at the, at the local grocery store. Yep. Like, we're everywhere. Yeah, we are, And it's like, every generation force. now too. It's not just like the kids. It's like all like someone's mom, someone's aunt, someone's grandma, someone's daughter, like... <laughs> I once heard somebody say, uh, you know, like, you know, like in the, in the retirement communities, it's all like Gladys's and like, you know, whatever, Louise's. And then like, (laughs) imagine it's all going to be Jennifer's. And I was like, oh my God. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of us. Yeah. My generation was a bit more Alex, Alexandra and Alexis and Jessica. Mm -hmm. But there was still mm-hmm. always Jennifer's. <laughs> so yeah. like, how old are I'm yeah, how old are you? Yeah, yeah I'm 29. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Cause my um my oldest daughter is gonna be 21 this year. So mm-hmm. she's just a little bit behind you. I mean, yes, yes behind you. Yes. yes. <laughs> but like her generation. I can't even remember because her name Jessica. Well, no, no. I feel like there were, I, I, I actually don't even remember. I remember that there was this period, no, there was this period where like everybody wanted a different name. So there mm-hmm. isn't like as, as like um, uh, a name that's as popular amongst them all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In fact, we gave her a name that is a nickname. And so everybody's like, well, what's that stand for? And we're like, no, no, that's just that's it. The full name. <laughs> like, yeah. It's her full name. <laughs> I met a guy here and his name was Kim and I was like, is it, is his name Kimberly? Like that's a girl's name to me. And they're like, no, it's just mm-hmm. Kim. And I was like, okay, there you go. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, go. If you say so. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I get it. And I think choosing children's names and there's always trends. And I am, like I said, very much like I want a name that no one else has, but it's pronounceable, but that's not 
apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's apple, the other yeah. the other fear. But my yeah. partner's family is very traditional. His brother's name is Francois Pierre, and I'm like, you could not have a more French a more. name than that. And I'm not doing it. But I need something that he... can be pronounced in French and English without sounding yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Does he embody that name? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, okay. no, okay. no. He okay. goes by a nickname. He doesn't go by. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. It's like yeah. That's and then that's another thing because I grew up without a nickname and didn't get a nickname till I was like twenty-one. So I'm always oh. like, I want a kid that I can give him a nickname because I always felt like yeah. my name was too long and I had no yeah. nicknames. <laughs> Well, see, so there's Jennifer, Jenny, Jen, you know, there's all sorts of, uh, it's a very um, kind of amorphous name too. It can get shorter. It can get longer. It's like, it's everything. Yeah. And that's where it's like, it, like you said, it defined a generation, but it's also kind of timeless. It's not like, you're not like, it's not like Alex where you're like, okay, I've heard that a hundred million times. (laughs) No offense to all the Alex's. Yeah. We love you, Alexes, all you Alexes out there. Love, love, love. (laughs) Um, So tell us about your magazine. Like what inspired you to start it? How long have you been running it? Let me try to give you the condensed version of this, Mm. the Jen version of the Jennifer, like the shorter version. Um, So uh, I had been a writer, a producer, um, an all-around creative. I'd had a company when I was, you know, in my 30s. And Around the time that I turned 40, which I think is pretty common for a lot of people, it just, things just started changing for me. Like my kids were getting older um, and I just kind of felt adrift. And then when 45 hit, which is actually one of the um, critical times for especially women, um, because when you hit 45, you are much more prone to depression, anxiety, all of these things that... uh, suck. (laughs) They're not fun. (laughs) Not, not joyous, not fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I turned, yeah. So, and this all transpired right around 2020. So not only was I going through this massive life change, I was also going through this global along with everybody else, this global change here in the U S there was a lot of political, um, change as well. And it was just like, it was kind of this confluence of all these factors. And I just needed a space where I could show up as myself outside Mm -hmm. of all of that and kind of celebrate. And um, as a writer, I just wanted to have a voice. And I started it as a magazine because you know, my generation (laughs) grew up with a lot of magazines. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're still out there, but that was our, that was like our, our internet back in the day. Right. So, uh, so I felt like having come up in the years of blogging when that was a big thing, um, I was like, I, I'm tired of feeling so siloed, like here I am on Instagram, here I am on Facebook, here I am, you know, like, and all these, and I wanted to bring it all together and also give a platform to this age. I mean, as a writer and as a creative, you know, you're kind of responding to the environment and you're, you're always thinking, um, about what, you know, I get, 
I don't even know. It's like a subconscious thing. It's like a, it's like deep inside. Mm. You're a creator. You know this, right? Mm -hmm. You're creating, like, it's just something you're just, you know, you're compelled to do. So I really wanted to create a space that was for people, women, um, who, you know, by the time we hit 40, we start to fade from almost all traditional media. Like we fade from marketing, we fade from everything. And so this was a place to kind of be like, no, no, no we're here, we're showing up, we still got lots of life left in us and, you know, and we can be supportive of one another. So that was it. And I, I also wanted to really create a platform for other voices to come in and help shape this, you know, the voice of a generation. No, I love that. I like it. from the point of a marketer, I absolutely love, I love that you said the magazine is the the way that you use to consume or still consume your information because it's like you're after the newspaper generation, but before the MySpace, MySpace Facebook generations. So it's like that is the in-between. And I think as marketers, it's always like, how can you meet your people where they are? Like, how can you speak to them on their level and give them what they actually want and like versus being like, here's another Instagram page, but they don't go on Instagram. So they're not getting the information as if as the same in the same way. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I did, I did, I was one of, I was, I'm an early adopter. Many of us were Mm -hmm. early adopters. I mean, in fact, um, women who are just slightly older than me really paved the way for blogging, for this interaction, for Facebook, for all of that. Um, they were some of the first Instagram people, but you know, we're expanding and we're contracting at the same time. So this was just really a way to, to kind of house that. So we're not all so fragmented either, but I do agree that, you know, you want to show up where your people are at. And that's kind of the challenge right now because we're everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, so I wanted to create this hub, mm-hmm, this hub mm-hmm. where we could connect, we could find each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like I tell my clients, you can show up on any platform that you like and you'll be able to find your people. It's about like not forcing yourself and like putting out content you hate or like burning yourself out to show up on that platform. Right. So it's like, yeah, if you can find totally. the one that works for you as the creative who loves to write and produce like magazine and like digital magazine. Do you do print copies? We do not do print copies. Yeah. No. Yeah. Number one, I don't think that there's a market for it. And number two, um, I work largely with other women and they need flexible and mm-hmm. I like a flexible schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so you we, know, we can create content, <laughs> but we all like a flexible schedule these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you know, we're moving into this era that is, I think, you know, kind of this evolution. So we are not doing things the old guard way. We're mm-hmm. moving into something different. And it allows for a lot more flexibility, a lot more creativity, a lot more ingenuity. And so that's why I like a digital platform. Because mm-hmm. if I, you know, if I want to move something around, I can do that. If I want to create a longer article, I can do that. If I want to create something shorter, I can do that. Like, For me, that flexibility, I love it. I love searchability and maybe that's like a content repurposer thing, but I'm just like anywhere that I can literally like type in my keywords to refine the thing that I want to find because I can't remember what it's called later. (laughs) Like that's a big (laughs) bonus for me. (laughs) Well, I will say our search window sucks. I have not (laughs) fixed that. So uh, yeah, haven't done that yet. That's on the to-do list. But the the possibility is there. (laughs) 
is there. Yes. The possibility. And we live in a world of possibilities. Love them, love them, love them. (laughs) So you described your magazine as a Trojan horse for personal and collective change. And Mm -hmm. I love that. But I'm also really curious what you mean by that. Yeah. So, okay. So as a generation who grew up, right, um, a lot of us are still kind of doing things in an old way not being, mm, what do I want to say? As I appear, I attract a certain type of woman because I look like other women. And uh, and those types of women are oftentimes... So as this generation who grew up on magazines, right? So when we were young, we were fed kind of these ideas of like how to please a man, how to stay thin, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to how to dress for your age and all these types of things. And what I love is using this vehicle as a way to show... No, there are other ways to do it. So like you come in, right? Like as from a magazine, you've been conditioned all these years. Well, we have, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, my generation has been conditioned all these years. And so you come in and it's like, oh, wait, no, there, there are other ways of being. So we've really, one of my big core values is really diversifying the voices that are, that, that share the stories of this age. And I love that we are doing that through this magazine format. I mean, when I was looking through some of your articles, I was sitting there thinking like, I'm living in very conservative France. And I was like, some of these could be seen as very controversial, which I love. Mm -hmm. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, how do you do? I'm like, what's my question? Do you look for that? Does it is it because of the people that you attract? Is it because of the community that you're growing? Like, how do you find that balance? Yeah. Yeah, So so speaking to that Trojan horse, so it's beautiful imagery, like it looks kind of like a traditional format. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's interesting to me because this idea that these could be controversial, right? So to me, it's just reacting to the times mm-hmm. and the progression that we're moving forward, mm-hmm. right? So for me, it's like, I think part of it is where I live, who my friends are, mm-hmm. um, what I've experienced in my lifetime, where I see things going in the future, and um, being a mother and having two uh, adult daughters, like I want them to live in a world in which there is more freedom for them. And right now in the US, we are really having this backlash to Mm -hmm. that. And so this is also, I mean, part of in that soup is my personality too, you know? So part of that's just personality. Part of it is I've, I've always been that person who's, I don't want to say poke the bear, (laughs) but you know, maybe like, But maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I feel like it's like loving. It's like, no, there's a different way. Let me show you. So I don't know if that's really poking the bear for some people. I guess if, if they are very kind of rigid, yes. But, um, yeah, I, I think I've always, always been that person who, you know, has kind of questioned a lot and mm-hmm. been like, why are we doing this? Cause there's such a better way. Yeah, no, Wait, I, I get it. Oh. Are you a projector too? Yeah, I was going to, that's like later on the question that we're both six slash two self-projected projectors. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like if you have that type of energetic thing, you Mm -hmm. know, then you're going to see that there are better ways to do things Mm -hmm. and and you're going to be like, exactly. And so this whole idea of like, yeah, they might seem controversial, but for instance, I, one of the first pieces I ever did was, um, women in cannabis. So uh, you know, a lot of women in the U.S., there's like a lot of stigma around it. There's a lot of um, shame. And I just don't have time for that. So 
<laughs> you know, I'm not saying go smoke. I'm just saying like, I just don't have time for shame. Like it's just so oh, limiting. It's so limiting of the expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I went out and I talked to women who were using this for medical purposes and um, kind of deconstructed some of the shame and some of the challenges that they had around it. I find that beautiful because I'm from Vancouver. Weed was always there, always accessible. Even before it was legal in Canada, you could get weed in Vancouver. And I've moved to France and they treat weed as if it's heroin. And it's like, I don't get it. I don't get the like... The, like people like say to me like oh but like weed is a weed is a hardcore drug and I'm sitting here and I'm like what are you talking what about <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> I know I know um, but how many but do they drink oh they drink so much and they that's smoke, what I'm saying they smoke cigarettes like it's part of their daily like they wake up make coffee and roll a cigarette and I'm sitting so, there and I'm like you know what like no one in Vancouver smokes cigarettes because cigarettes are so badly viewed. And Mm -hmm. there's so much shame around that. And like Mm -hmm. here it's the inverse with weed and like Mm -hmm. cigarettes are proven (laughs) to kill you (laughs) where weed is proven to help you. So like what's going on? (laughs) We'll see. These are the questions that (laughs) as somebody who grew up in a very stigmatized, so, so I grew up in the U S um, and you know, we grew up during the age of dare. I don't know if they had that oh, in yeah, Canada, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. by the time you were growing up. No, so, <laughs> you know, we had whole symposiums, you know, about like the dangers of marijuana and gateway drug and all this other type of thing. And can it be those things? I'm sure. Just like anything can be anything, right? But like now, when you look at incarceration rates in the US for people, especially like any black and brown people, anybody who's in a marginalized community, uh, I am a white woman, I'm sure, you know, so, so like my group, you know, we might smoke at the same amount and the same, you know, the same population size, but we're not getting arrested mm-hmm. for it. Right. So it's this whole idea that there's so much shame and so much weirdness. And, you know, I don't want to take the French's cigarettes away from them. And I definitely don't want to take their wine away from them, but I'm also saying like, maybe expand your view, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, Expand no. your view. They literally do saliva tests when you're driving. Like if you get, like if they have a roadblock, they're doing saliva tests that are illegal in other countries because they're proven to be unreliable. And it's like, if you had smoked weed, it can show up in your system like three days later or something. So you're literally not high. Right. But it's, that still shows up in your system because it's your saliva. And so they can like take away your license and like, why do this? I don't want to drive like, here. What is the purpose? What is So it's such like, it's mm-hmm. such a waste of resources. Oh, the right? police It's here? such a waste of resources. So for me, yeah. Oh, the amount. So, of- so oh, this is, yeah. Go. So when we talk about Trojan horse, yeah, right? Yeah. So we create this, this beautiful essay, you know, it is done in a journalistic way. There are multiple women interviewed. Everybody's still protected. I changed the name for people who wanted to be changed because there's yeah. still so much stigma. Yeah. We created this beautiful photo shoot. And then we challenged some of the conceptions of what we grew up with, mm-hmm. what the narratives were that we kind of absorbed. And then what is the reality in which we're living in now, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah. So that's kind of like, that's kind of like that. And so I hope what people walk away with is this expanded view. Mm-hmm. And so there's the Trojan horse. Like it looks beautiful, like in a way that you, it seems approachable. We talked to multiple women, we're doing all of that, but 
hopefully it's expanding a view. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's very true to your projector nature of like being the guide of like putting things in front of people and being like, see something different here now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are better ways, my friends. Mm -hmm. Better ways. I loved your application form, the form for this that you filled out for the podcast, because it was just Mm -hmm. full of so many good quotes and like could very much tell that you are a writer And you wrote this one thing that was, we learn in story, we share in story, we live in story. And as entrepreneurs, as people who like create content for livings, (laughs) I know that storytelling is so important. And I want to hear from you, somebody who runs a magazine, like, why do you think storytelling is so impactful? Uh, Well, because, (laughs) you know, we have been not only conditioned to, to, to understand story. Like we're biologically, like our brains are wired to understand in story based mm-hmm. uh, sharing. Right. So like you can, you can have, some of us are wired where like we can have a fact and we're like, okay, yes. And now I know what to do with that fact. But most of us, the majority of us are given a fact and we don't quite know what to do with it. We can't situate it in anything. But if I tell you a story about how that fact impacts your life, how that facts uh, impacts like, you know, society or, or like even on a very personal level, you are going to remember that. Mm -hmm. So that is, I mean, and so, you know, when you think about how we all started out, you know, around campfires and everything is so cliche, but it's, it's true. (laughs) You know, we started around campfires. We're like, um, you know, don't eat that berry. And people are like, why? (laughs) And they go and eat the berry because they don't know why. But if you say like, oh, let me tell you about this story about, you know, these berries and how they're poisonous and like what happened to some fictional character or whatever. And I tell you about that, then you're going to remember, oh yeah, that happened to Janet. Janet ate that berry and she died. And it was very tragic, you know? (laughs) Whereas if I was just to say, don't eat that berry, you wouldn't have a context for it. Yeah. And that's where it's like storytelling helps you remember and it helps you like carry that information for the next person right like that's what yeah so many generations before us were doing was they were telling the stories within their families within their people to pass down the history and like share their lessons yeah and I think right now we're seeing you know we've reached a tipping point mm-hmm. um you know if we're just looking at like how the world is and you know scientists have found that we've reached this tipping point where how humans, the the environment that humans lived in for thousands of years since our creation is now changed and they do not think it will go back. So we're looking at, you know, right now we're looking at like, you know, we just had the hottest uh, ever temperature on earth, right? So we are going to have to operate in new ways in this new world. And so I think by challenging some of those stories that we grew up with, we will be able to write new stories moving forward. It's so cold in France. I'm so unhappy. Is it? There's no sun. <laughs> like... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, hottest, hottest, uh, hottest temperature recorded on Earth, like globally, yesterday. So it's cold where you live, but I guess yeah, a like, lot of the rest of the world where, is. Where was that? On. Yeah, what? I know. I know, but and and so for you know, and also like when we're talking about like sexism, ageism, Mm -hmm. you know, xenophobia, those types of things that we, you know, at least maybe this comes from a very American viewpoint. It probably does. Cause that is where I grew up. That is where I was indoctrinated. That's Mm -hmm. where I like marinated in all of these, you know, this culture. 
but uh, moving forward, you know, I don't, we don't need those things. Why are we having them? Like we don't need them. And like, there are women my age who kind of hold on to them, hold on to these ideas because that's what they were taught. That's the stories that they were, they were told and they get embedded deep. And so I just think that we have new stories to tell. And so let's replace those old stories with new ones that are freer, more liberating. I don't know. And let you get to live a more authentic life. No, I get it because I made a comment the other day here that I hate to see the women all running around serving, cleaning while the men just sit and drink wine. (laughs) And I was like, absolutely not. That will not be what happens in my household. Like, right. My partner doesn't do that now, knows knows that I won't tolerate it. Like, if I see it, I'll say something. And, like, his aunt was like, well, like, we kind of allow it. And so that's why it continues. Because mm-hmm. I was shocked to, like, see it with my partner's cousin, like, the younger generation also doing it. And I was like, you came home for the weekend and you don't help your mom? Like, <laughs> come on, you know? But it's, like, it's yeah. how you're raised. And I, mm-hmm. And I'm just like... Clearly, I was raised in a liberal family because it was not like that. Like, everybody helps clear the table. Everybody helps set the table. Everybody helps get the kids right, you know? And it's just like, okay, like, not everyone's like this, but, like, sure about to happen because I'm not about to let it slide here. (laughs) Yeah. And the the truth is that some people are probably prone to, like, they they get fulfillment. They get joy Mm -hmm. out of serving others, right? So I don't want to, again, I don't want to take that away from people. I just want... The idea to be like what you just said, everybody helps out, right? Like, Yeah, if it's, it's a table like, of 15 people, I don't like to see one person doing everything. Right. Like, right. So doesn't have enough so what's another? Yeah, so what's another story we can tell, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of that's the internalized, you know, sexism, misogyny, ageism, all of that stuff. So I think the only way we really root it out is to show people that there is a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, and why I feel compelled to do that. I don't know. It's got to be that projector six, two thing, but Mm -hmm. I just think it makes it better for all of us, including me, Mm -hmm. including my daughters moving forward, including whomever they, you know, end up with. So yeah. 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 No, definitely. Go ahead. These are big ideas for like a magazine. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? This is like a magazine. I'm trying to get people to read and like be like share stuff. And I'm like, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Not intended. Well, maybe it was intended intended. on some level. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it was. You know what? I should just own it. (laughs) Isn't that a total projector move right now? (laughs) It is a total projector move. <laughs> so on your form, like this is gonna be my yeah. second to last question, but like on your form, yeah. you wrote that you're a Gemini Sun, so like happy birthday. Um, Thank you. But also six plus two projector, and mm-hmm. I'm so curious because I'm a projector and I'm turning thirty next year, and everyone's like, oh, 30, like you leave that experimentation phase and you get into that like I'm sure phase, and I'm just like, can this be mm-hmm. true? Because I'm like so tired of like experimenting all the time Mm -hmm. with my life and being like, oh, that was another Mm -hmm. experiment. Like, I would like some Mm -hmm. conviction. (laughs) I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. can you speak to me as someone who passed 30? Like, did, did you see a shift? Um, how do I say this? Um, okay. So this is my personal experience. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. My personal experience. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but that's my personal experience. I know it's not what you want to hear, but I will say this. I think if we can lean into the idea and this took, takes me, I'm, I'm 47 years old Mm -hmm. and I'm still like, I've only just for me started to feel like, Oh no, this is like, cause that's, that's what this whole magazine is like my first like passion where I'm going all in, Mm -hmm. like all in, you know? And I feel very, like, I have strong convictions. Clearly you hear it as I'm talking about Mm -hmm, this, right? mm -hmm. I think 30 for me, I was raising kids at that time. I was juggling a lot of identities. um, And I don't know if that's because I had kids or if it's because that was just who I'm meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can lean into the idea, which is very, very hard because of the societal conditioning that we've been under to think like you do X, Y, and then Z happens. If we can lean into the idea that we have stepped into a new world that is not the way things are, it is okay to be experimenting. In fact, that is what we are here to do, especially as projectors mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. do, and, you know, feeding our curiosity. If we can be like, no, this is my work right now, hopefully that will make your 30s a little easier. Oh, the information I don't want but need. <laughs> so sorry but again like maybe that was just me maybe it could like be awesome no, no, no. for you I don't know no, no, no it's so true because I have this conversation all the time where I'm like this one thing annoys me but I know it's like something that if I just stop being annoyed with everything would be cool you know and it's like sometimes I'm like come on like another experiment another lesson like let's let's get think, to the point where we know, know. <laughs> and I think happen. I wonder yeah, no, and I wonder if that's the lesson. Like we have to keep trying to to the real lesson isn't in the things that we're experimenting in. The real lesson is to be okay with the idea that we're experimenting. Oh my god. I need to re-listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know. That's the work. That's why it's so hard because mm-hmm. that's our work. Yeah. Like that's the work. And that's it's a challenge. I love this because I, I know you. people are going to now go read your magazine after this episode because it was like Oh, I, so. <laughs> so, I hope so. So my second to last question, I know I already said that, was um, what's the vision for the relaunch? Because I know you're about to relaunch in October. Yeah. Yeah, so the vision for the relaunch is to invite more voices, to create something that is more consistent. Because for three years, I've done this very quietly. Mm-hmm. I've done this in my very experimental way, right? So, you know, I'm testing things out as my projector. And now it's like, no, this is the real deal. This mm-hmm. is like where you can come. This is bolder. This is audacious. This is like, this is challenging a lot of the stereotypes that we have of women as they're middle-aged, right? So, and it's also hopefully, um, no, it is, it's going to have a, um, a community component, which I am so excited about. That is where, you know, if we can just find each other, all of us little, you know, all the Jennifers, people who, all all the Jennifers. Yes. Whether that's your given name or not, (laughs) you embody the Jennifer essence. Yes. Come, come, come. So we can support and celebrate one another as we're still figuring our shit out. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, so the question that I ask everybody on this show is what makes you an unprofessional entrepreneur? I feel like I've demonstrated that. I know, right? <laughs> I always have to get last, and I'm like, maybe I can ask first. <laughs> I feel like if you listened, you understand, you see. But, you know, it was funny because I was talking with Aria. I was like, oh, my God, I know what my answer is to this question. Um, it's that I it, I didn't do it in our conversation. but And actually, yeah, it's kind of surprising. But I cry 
like in front of people. So like when I have a breakthrough moment and oftentimes I have that in like professional settings, like I'll start crying. I'm like, is this a projector thing? Is this a six slash two projector? Cause I cry. Oh my God. Do you cry too? At the <gasps> beginning of our conversation, I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. You've just met her. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes, you understand. I was doing that the other day. Somebody was like, oh my God, I created this like company. She's just been brought on to, to write about our, um, our, 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 our career section. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking about all the work she's done because she did it for the little version of her mm-hmm. that never felt like she fit in. And I started crying because this magazine, this platform is for me, mm-hmm. the little me who never felt like she fit in. And so <gasps> it's happening. I know. The crying is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've created this spot. It's this space where those of us who ask too many questions, those of us who want more, those of us who are here to squeeze the juice out of life, even throughout middle age, this is for us. Mm -hmm. This is for her. Beautiful. (laughs) We're both like sitting here with tears in our eyes. Um, So where can the people find you? (laughs) Okay. So you can find me. Um, Jennifer underscore magazine on Instagram. Um, you can also visit jennifermag.com and, um, you know, you'll find me there too. Uh, but definitely Instagram's probably where I'm, I'm most frequent. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, hold on. Sign up for the newsletter too. become a Jennifer insider. I've also launched this new membership platform that I was telling you about. It's called, um, Gen X, which is the generation I am of. <laughs> I was going to say, so, you're from Generation X, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit cuspy, but um, definitely, definitely like in there. So um, yeah, yeah. How exciting. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, come come to the Instagram because I'd love to, you know, meet, chat. Obviously, I'm a chatty gal, so. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for this interview i think it went swimmingly and i'm so excited for it to air and any last words for the people no no just go enjoy your life don't leave shame behind and do that Mm -hmm. as soon as you can Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right well i'm going to love you and leave you call it here and a reminder to everyone to stay unprofessional all right well that's all i have for all of you today i am so grateful for all of you for listening and i hope you liked this interview with my guest if you do head to the show notes and check them out and of course don't forget to check me out and slide into my dms let's shoot the shit and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from today But as always, I'm going to love you and leave you with the reminder that I'll see you in two days on Thursday with my solo episode. And of course, don't forget to stay unprofessional.